It's Thoughtful Thursday. Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com, where we turn thoughtful entrepreneurs into media celebrities, earning them more authority, more influence, and more revenue. See, we believe that every person has a unique message which can positively impact the world. Now, on this podcast, your host, veteran radio personality Jennifer Longworth, encourages entrepreneurs to share not only their expertise, but their stories and their hearts. You're going to love this show. You're going to hear real stories from real people on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. So let's go. You don't have to take it all, but you have the ability to get a lot of free or at least relatively inexpensive insight before diving deep into a project or going down a path that may be the wrong path for the business. I'm Jennifer Longworth. Today's thoughtful entrepreneur is Michael Raub. Michael is founder and managing partner of Inflection 360, a strategic consulting firm focused on small businesses and healthcare practices. Inflection 360 is a collaborative partner for clients at the most critical point of their business life cycle. The Inflection 360 team has significant experience in business planning, operations, acquisitions, and exit strategies. Michael began his career as an investment banker, but moved to the private sector to lead startup and growth companies. He has also been a corporate development executive at two leading healthcare companies where he led acquisition efforts. He currently resides in Los Angeles, but works with clients throughout the United States to maximize performance and value. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you're with a company called Inflection 360. How did you start Inflection 360 and what's that all about? Going back to my past careers, I started off as an investment banker and then ultimately ended up in a couple of different large healthcare firms where I was head of acquisitions. And always because of those experiences, I've always been heavily interested in both challenges, but a lot of project-based work or transactional work. Uh, Particularly, though, in my experience as a healthcare executive, when acquiring other practices, was finding that the sellers were typically unprepared or underprepared and lacked the right support and guidance to drive the most value for their businesses. It was great for us as a, a buyer, but from them, their selling standpoint, I realized how much opportunity and, and, and value they were leaving on the table. So I decided to take my firsthand experience and my initial focus for developing Inflection 360 was to see if I could bring that right level of support to businesses that are typically a little too small for a major consulting firm and otherwise wouldn't really know where to go. Uh, So it really just developed from my experience in the corporate world over the last several years. So where's the name Inflection 360 come from? Well, Inflection, I originally was looking at the inflection point, wherever a business is at whatever critical juncture they're, they're facing, whether it's how to grow, how to sell, how to restructure, all those critical inflection points or business decision points that drive point uh, in time where they need to make a decision to help the business grow or to move forward. That was the inflection part. The 360 comes from the experience that I have in the operation side in healthcare, the mergers and acquisition side, the strategy side, the finance background is really looking to take a 360 degree view of any business that I'm working with to that outside perspective, but from many different vantage points to really help guide the right solution for that given client, not trying to impose 
the will of here's the here's my solution before understanding their problems. It's really taking an organic look at each individual business and, and understanding how it will best serve them for me to work with them. What have you seen are some of the biggest mistakes? Because you're here to, right. to guide them and you're saying they're not always prepared. What are they doing wrong? What can we do to make it better? The good news is that they're typically focused on running their business, which <laughs> they should always be focused on that. But sometimes they run in spite of themselves, I find, uh, particularly uh, with some of the smaller size. If I'm in the, in the healthcare practice world, some of the smaller ones, they're, they're so busy being doctors or dentists or other healthcare providers. They might have a lean management team, even if that, that they're really not able to focus on some of the things that would drive normal business practices to the degree that another entrepreneur or small business might do so. So that presents one challenge for them. But the other, they make the decision to sell. It's usually, okay, I want to sell now. And, And the selling process really, somebody really should be thinking about that ideally a couple of years in advance because it's the what would I do for my business in the next two years if I knew I was going to sell it? What could I clean up to make it more efficient, to improve my performance? What things have I not addressed that might be of concern that if I'm able to address them wouldn't scare a buyer away or impact the price? It's it's some of that planning and just take, taking a step back and going, what do I have in front of me here? And could it be better? My ultimate idea is you're putting a bow on. You've got a nice business, successful or even if it's underperforming, how can you present it as effectively as possible? And what can you do literally? And then what can you do just from a presentation standpoint to really grab additional value when you're selling? Now, you're, you're selling small healthcare practices is one of the main fields you're in. So I just to help me understand, this is like a doctor's office or dentist office selling, but they plan to continue their practice just only under different ownership and management, or are they just done and go, okay, we're out of here? Well, it, it, it can be either scenario, but my general recommendation for any any provider or even in, in, if I go outside the realm of healthcare, any owner is to work towards a transitional plan. So whether that's to stay on board for uh, I recommend at least twelve to twenty-four months. The, the the buyer may have a different opinion. They may want they may want the seller out immediately. But typically, particularly in healthcare, if the provider is actually a, a hands-on, still active provider, the buyer usually like them to remain on board for a period of time. So it's it's great for a seller to present that that they're they want to stay involved with the business or they're quite willing to stay involved with the business and work that in part of the negotiations and discussions for a transitional plan. Um, while I do work with some of the independent doctor practices, I typically work with those that are a bit larger groups or multi-site locations. So they're a little bit more business-minded than necessarily the everyday mom and pop single practice office. But regardless of those scenarios, I think it's it all comes down to what's it's planning on, how you exit gracefully, or do you look for a long-term stand board and and, and, and being flexible is really one of those best ways to get value. So just a case-by-case basis, you don't see one thing more than another? or Well, I, uh, what, I, what I see that works tends to work best is a transitional plan of in 12, 12 months ends up sort of being the point. 
that usually gets people over the hump to transition the business and and creates a, a softer landing. The, the doctor, in this case, have sold their practice. They're still making they're making uh, income for that another year. So it's almost they've gotten the retirement money in advance and continue to work. But I've seen instances where doctors stay on board for years to come So, uh, in some of the transactions I've done. Do you say these doctors who go ahead and cut out after a year, do they go and work somewhere else or are they retiring or what? What's happening there? More often, it's that I see them retiring in those scenarios. Uh, often, when uh, somebody's buying a business, it's quite common to have a non-compete agreement put in place, uh, regardless of the business. So mm-hmm. it does limit their ability to walk away and do go somewhere else unless they're really willing to pick up and move. So that doesn't happen very often. Now, Inflection 360 also helps people who just want to grow their business or purchase other businesses. So how do you guide these business owners? Right. Uh, Particularly if somebody's never done acquisitions in their business, they've grown it up through hard work and effort over the years and scaled the business. Acquisitions are are, are a different process for somebody to get comfortable with because you're potentially writing a large check, but getting immediate value for that. But then there's integration concerns and the fit between any business you acquire with what you already have. So it, it does take assessing what are the real needs and why, why that is or isn't a good opportunity. Not all businesses are great fits for acquiring other, other businesses, but when it seems that there's the right atti- uh, you know the right attitude and the right aptitude to do so. Um, then it's trying to be thoughtful and picking the right targets and not biting off more than one can chew. And and knowing that even if today somebody says uh, I want to go buy a, a practice, I have a client right now we've been working for six months. We haven't found the right acquisition opportunity yet. It's a process. We kick a lot of tires, have a lot of calls, have a lot of meetings, and have built. They know know the landscape quite well of where the opportunities lie, but haven't found the right fit yet or the right deal. Acquisition takes persistence and patience to get a deal done, and and then the sad thing is you find the right deal, and sometimes you can't. Things fall apart at the eleventh hour too. So it's a different thing. But if somebody's looking to grow quickly, obviously there's it, it's a lot easier to grow in chunks via acquisition than it is than to continue scaling at the. the in the ways that the business has historically. So what should be the first steps taken by any owner to create more value for their business? I think the first step is whether it's a consultant or somebody like me or talking to their existing accountant or a new accountant, but really getting some professional outside advice or input, somebody who is willing to take a look at the business and give some objective assessment of where there may be some opportunities, where there, where the challenges are, they'll want to understand the business a little bit more. Uh, any business owner can get a decent amount of free advice from somebody who's looking to work with them on a professional level, and then, without going too deep in the uh, deep down a path, get some really valuable additional input or or some additional business planning. But I, I recommend that any business. Try at least every couple of years, whether it's formal or informal, to do a business plan reassessment. Are we on track with what we're trying to do? Are there opportunities we're not able to take advantage of? When an owner takes the time to reflect on that, they often have a pretty good idea of where their failings are. It's just you get so caught up in your daily minutiae, you Mm -hmm. never – 
you never get to it. Uh, I think we're all guilty of that at various times. It's almost somebody who's forcing you to go through that process and to take a look. I have a client that there's a huge opportunity in their business, a whole, a whole service line that they haven't taken advantage of, and they're well aware of it. But the reason they're not doing it is because they don't know how to. And I said, we can get we can get somebody who can hand manage that for you and make a, it be a lot more profitable. And so it's sort of eye-opening. It's like, well, you know, it's almost like you never, sometimes you just never stop to say, wait, if I brought the right person in and we could do this. So it is that little bit of self-reflection. And I think every couple of years and right. having somebody whose job it is to help you, help you take that look. And take the look at the 360, the whole picture, like you were saying before. Because business owners get caught up in working in their business instead of on their business, as we hear. And that, that sounds like what is happening with some of these people. Like, well, yeah, I'm doing great at this, but yeah. these other things I'm not taking a look at because they seem to be going, okay, all right, whatever. 100%. And I'm as guilty of it too <laughs> at times. So <laughs> just because just you can do it yourself doesn't mean you should at times, right? And your time is valuable. And I do think people oh, also true. undervalue their true. own time and therefore things don't happen. Uh, because you run out of them. Right. There's something you really hate doing, just outsource it. Get somebody else to do it. You know, if you don't, if you're putting this off because you just don't want to, then it's time to find somebody else who can help you with that because you're never going to do it if you hate it so much, right? That is, if if everybody would keep that in their back of their head or maybe in the forefront of their mind, uh, that would go a long way for every, every business owner. Everybody who's even just working in a business, find somebody who work, can work underneath you and help you do it or support you, for sure. So what tips do you have for the thoughtful entrepreneur who's listening? I really think that, again, it's understand what your strengths are, but really going off of what you said, understand what you really enjoy. What are you passionate about? What do you like doing within your business? And make sure you're getting to maximize your ability to... If you love the marketing aspect of your business, make sure that you're not so constrained dealing with other components that it's taking away from where your passion lies because that's where you're going to drive that's how you're going to drive value or if you're not a good if you're not a great operator but you're a great visionary, are you getting that support that you need? So I really think that step back both reflect on yourself as a, you know an owner as an individual, what you like, what you don't like, but as a business, what the business is great at where it's missing opportunities and getting advice from not one, but more than not countless people, but meet meet with a handful of people at least periodically to just get their viewpoints because there's plenty of advice to be given out there. You don't have to take it all, but you have the ability to get a lot of free or, or at least relatively inexpensive insight before diving deep into a project or going down a path that may be a, Maybe the wrong path for the business. So that's uh, to me. It's it starts with really basic nuts and bolts kind of business sense of, of what it takes to move things forward and make a decision and and move. And then when you do make decisions, move forward with them and know that some of those decisions are going to be wrong or going to not work out. And learn from them, but don't spend so much time feeling bad about the mistakes. It's really keep driving forward and. I know everyone gets sick of learning from their failures. Um, uh, so <laughs> right. it's just be aware of your failures and what you could have done better. Uh, I don't, I, I'm sick. I get sick of learning myself every now and then. So, but, <laughs> but take advantage of tomorrow's another opportunity and, and, and what can I do better tomorrow, whether it's managing my staff or looking at growth opportunities or getting somebody else in who 
does the stuff I hate or can help me do what I'm not good at. Well, Michael, thank you for joining me. If people want to know more about you and Inflection360, what's the best way for them to find you? Inflection360.com is our website. One of the best ways to reach out or I certainly uh, can be reached on LinkedIn and love to connect with people. So that would be a great opportunity. Michael Raub is R-O-U-B is my name, uh, my name on LinkedIn and also my profile. So I would love to connect with anyone and, and take the time just to learn a little bit about their business. I love to learn. And so maybe I'm not always the right fit to work long-term with a client or they're not ready to work with somebody like me now, but I'd love to learn about their business, their opportunities, and see if I can get, offer any input or advice that might send them in the right direction or help them grow their business successfully. Thank you so much, Michael. You've shared a lot of good stuff with us today. Hopefully our thoughtful entrepreneur out there will take something home with it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. If you are a thoughtful entrepreneur who would like to be a media celebrity and be on our show, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest and attend my next live webinar where I'll reveal how to get more respect from influencers and media so that you can get more sales and traffic. Now, please do us a favor. If you like the guest that was just interviewed, would you share this episode on social media? And in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill our mission to help create more media celebrities. Make sure to hit subscribe, binge listen to our previous episodes, and we'll send you the next episode automatically. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Revolution.